This program contains adult content. Is there a God? A big atheist. Really? What, am I an idiot? Come on. But yes, it would be nice if you could throw your sins and your responsibilities on someone else. But it's not true. It looks like far left lunacy. I don't believe that it's true that religion is moral or ethical. You don't need to follow anybody! It's not human intelligence! If someone doesn't value logical consistency, what logical argument are you going to give them that will demonstrate that they should? Hello and welcome to the Godless Revolution. Today is Friday, December 14th. Yeah, yeah. This is episode 231. I'm Dan Ellis. I'm Ryan Duffy. 231. 231. That's crazy, man. Yes, sir. So a couple things to get out of the way up front before I forget and don't let everybody know. Yes. You got glasses. I do have glasses. Yeah. Uh, First things first, I want to uh, congratulate listener Andrew Vodopich. Andrew won something. He won something from us. Yes. He was the first to reply to my not quite so hidden uh, secret message in the last episode (laughs) in the show notes. (laughs) So, and nobody from the regular feed has even replied at all. So, Andrew, you get two prizes. You'll get both of them. I figured that I was going to wait until we were recording tonight to, well, shit, maybe I should wait like a full week. Well, as of, as of this recording, he, get, he gets both. again. <laughs> well, as of this recording, he gets both gifts. If no one else replies back, because this will come out after. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So it'll be more. Okay. Yeah. That's fair. So if as long as nobody else from the regular feed replies, Andrew, you will get both prizes. And if somebody replies from the regular feed, they'll get the regular feed prize. You'll get the Patreon prize. And I think you'll dig it. You'll have to. Uh, once you once you receive it, you'll have to, I don't know, tweet at us or post out on our Facebook page or in the Facebook community or something with the prize that you got. So everybody can be very jealous that you read the show notes and sent us an email as instructed. You followed the instructions even. <laughs> Good job. Good job. <laughs> Hope you guys are doing well. Um, so there's that. And then we will be taking a couple weeks off for the holidays. I may do like a re-release of an older episode. I won't be charging Patreon patrons for those or anything. So uh, no worries there. Uh, we may do like, like I said, a rebroadcast. Maybe I'll put together some clips. I don't know. It depends on how much time I've got. Uh, lastly, as far as doing some housekeeping, uh, we have, well, Tracy and I have friend or family in town because we've got her uncle's wake tomorrow. So this may be a shorter episode or there may be a lot of noise and commotion as other family members start arriving this evening. So if that's the case, please accept my apologies now ahead of time and all of that. So yeah. What's been going on with you guys? Uh, that's a good question. (laughs) (laughs) You don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I'm just here, man. I just drive and I do uh, things. How do you, wait, what do you mean? How do you not know what's been going on with you? Uh, I'm just, my brain's been mush. Like, literally, I was driving home from work yesterday. And it was running out of your nose and ears? Yeah. And I was, dri- I was driving on the yeah. road, and I had one of those moments where I was like, where the fuck am I? <laughs> like. <laughs> what? 
Like, I'm like, I recognize where I am. Like, I, I, I felt lost for a second. I'm like, where am I? Ryan's brain has been even like, I'm like, I'm like, I'm on the way home, but where in the process of me getting home am I right now? <laughs> like, I just completely zoned out while driving. And I think that's a normal thing when you take have the a, same route yeah, over and yeah. over again. I mean, it's happened before where I take the same route and it becomes, uh, it's in like an automatic type thing. I just, yeah. I just go. And you're like, I don't even know how the fuck I got home. Yeah. <laughs> I've done that before. Oh, yeah. I, I think everybody's done that. Well, or you'll just get in the car like you're going to, you need to go to the grocery store and instead you start heading to work. Yeah. 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 Or when you move from a house and you keep passing the street you actually live on to go to the house you used to live at, it's like, fuck, <laughs> I live back there. <laughs> Dude, I almost left my kids in the car one day when I went to work. Because I just, I totally forgot that they were even in the car. Like you were supposed to take them to school? No. So I was working on base and I was supposed to take them to the in-laws, my in-laws. Okay. Uh, it was when the kids were really little. Like Lydia was still just a baby in the car seat and Gray was just a toddler. And uh, yeah, I just, I got in the car you know, it was early in the morning on my way to work, got in the car, just on autopilot. And it was when I was working at Hill. So mm-hmm. I, you know, go all through security, get checked in, you know, go. I actually parked in front of the building where I, where I work. I got out of the car and just happened to glance in the back seat for whatever reason. To a couple and, of kids looking at you like, what the fuck's going on? And, you know, and they were both asleep. I oh, mean, sure. They're, yeah. They're, they're both. That's why I didn't, you know, it wasn't even a thought because they didn't make any noise or anything. Uh. And I was just on autopilot, went to work. Got out of the car, just happened to look in the back seat. And this was summertime. So it could have been really fucking bad. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, like it scared the shit out of me. But yeah, it, it was, it could have been very, very bad. And I, what's one of, it's just another one of those moral luck things. Yeah. That I just happened to look back there and saw them and everything turned out okay. Well, I ended up being late for work, but I, well, I got there and I ran in and said, oh, fuck, guys, I, left my kids in the car. I was supposed to drop them off and totally forgot they were even back there. Yeah. Uh, I did. I did have that work party last week with some guys from work. Yeah. How'd uh, that go? It went good. I was really hung over Sunday morning mm-hmm. when I went to cars and coffee and I went there, I got some coffee and I'm just kind of stumbling around the parking lot. Like, Oh, I'm fucking hungover. <laughs> I told you I'd show up this weekend. What were you drinking? Uh, what wasn't I drinking? <laughs> ah, one of those nights. Uh, I actually had, there was some, I drank underground instead of Jaeger. Mm-hmm. My one buddy likes Jaeger for some fucking odd reason. So I mm-hmm. made some different Jaeger drinks. No. <laughs> uh, bunch of old fashions, some martinis mixed in there. A new drink that actually the lady at the store told me to make called a gin fizz. I never actually had it before, but I used ginger ale on a lot of stuff. And I never thought about mixing ginger ale and gin before. And I'm mm-hmm. like, you know what? That's really fucking delicious. Yeah. So... I'm like I, I mix ginger ale with like whiskey and stuff, but mm. I never mixed it with gin. Hmm. So that one, that that I, I like that one quite a bit. But hmm. I had had quite a few. Made some cheese dip, and it was getting. Everyone went home, and I drunkenly told Sarah, "I'm like Sarah, I'm gonna turn the cheese back on because <laughs> I want to eat something in the morning." <laughs> and it was just in a. It's in a crock pot, so I put it on low, uh-huh. and I. I ruined the crock pot because I fucking just baked all the cheese right into it. And Sarah's, Sarah said, I'm no longer allowed to use the crock pot. I said, <laughs> no, next time I'm drunk and say, I want to eat cheese in the morning. Don't let me turn the crock pot on low to keep it warm all night. 
<laughs> you can warm it up the next day, next day quickly. Yeah. But for some reason, I turned the crock pot on low and it just fucking cooked it in there. <laughs> Real slow. That's hilarious. That sounds like a, sounds like a Duffy thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What about you, sir? I have a few things. Um, I've been sick. Uh-oh. But I think I'm on the tail end of that. So if I sound stuffy, it's because I fucking am. <laughs> <clears throat> my whole face is stuffed. Oh, that's so fun. I'll just try to Winnie, my, Winnie the Pooh my way through this night, I guess. Mm-hmm. Don't Eeyore uh, it. Yeah, I want. You know what? I'm on a medication that's supposed to make me not Eeyore it. So there we go. <laughs> I ch- had to change it again. Actually, they did. They do a really cool thing. I was telling Dan about it. They t- do a cheek swab and then a DNA test from that. Okay. And then apparently they can identify certain genes that Are tell fucked. them what your re- what medications, which medications you're receptive to. Oh. And which ones your body will uh, not accept. So. You mean they don't just pray for a solution yeah. and it presents itself? <laughs> nope. Or or rub <laughs> essential oils on your testicles? Right, right, right. No, it's a pure scientific scientific method huh. to figure out what what actually works. So, the medication that I had been on is like sort of a so-so for my genes, but I process it, metabolize it in like 4 hours instead oh. of 24. So it's a quick drop. <clears throat> yeah, so that's why I was still having the, like, sometimes I'd be okay, and then other times I'd be, like, all fucked. So we got me on one that's better for my genetic code. Oh, so good. So I shouldn't Eeyore my way through this. But <laughs> I do have some other th- thoughts. Mm. Yeah, and you mentioned essential oils. Yeah. Um, I grabbed a couple of things that uh, are remedies they used in, this is from a book from 1747. Uh, things that they would do to cure, you know, common ailments and like, whatnot. Like, like right? a common cold, like for this time of year? Uh, is that cold? in there? I don't know if cold is in there, but I'll I'll, I'll tell you, here's some examples. Okay. Though. Um, so if you have the iliac passion. It, what? what the f- <laughs> isn't that a, <laughs> it's, a bone? It's uh, now called colic. Okay. Uh, apply warm flannels soaked <laughs> in spirits of wine. Or hold a live puppy con- constantly on the belly. What? <laughs> I want to hold a live puppy constantly on my belly. And yeah, that, that's, I need that for everything. Yeah. <laughs> Nosebleeds. Hold a red hot poker under the nose. Oh! Steep a linen rag in sharp vinegar. Burn it and blow it up the nose with a quill. Ooh! Yeah. Or in violent cases, go into a pond or a river. A violent <laughs> nosebleed? <laughs> oh, I've had them. Why Why would you go into a pond or a river? I, I guess just know. so that you're not bleeding all over the house. <laughs> go take a bath. Well, I guess if you go into a pond or river and you soaked your head in it and it's really cold, it would cause the, uh, so the yeah. blood vessels yeah. to constrict, but that'd only be a temporary thing. Yeah. By the time you got to the pond or river and back, your body will have probably scabbed up anyway. And so oh, it's more of a correlation. I had one going for a week once. A bloody nose yeah. that just lasted for a week? I had to go get my nose cauterized. Uh, Jeez. Like if I sneezed or coughed, it was just flowing again. Huh. If I breathed in too hard, it started flowing again. That was funny. You should use <laughs> tissues instead of your finger. No, this was actually like I was swallowing more of it than was actually coming on my nose because it was way, way back in there. Uh, uh, gross. Yeah, <laughs> it was It was fun. Hmm. Uh, Baldness. 
Rub every evening with an onion. Ooh, I need onions. That's why bald guys smell so great. Uh-huh. Isn't uh-huh. it, Ryan? Yeah. <laughs> or there's a second option. Electrify. Oh. Wait, what year was that? 1747. Electrify your head? Yeah. Did mm-hmm. they what kind of electricity do they have in 1700s? Well, I don't know. I the I was born in the 80s. Static. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they had carpet, did they? <laughs> they had wool. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Rub a sheep on your head? Yeah. <laughs> uh earache. Put a hot roasted fig or hot roll into your ear. Or have tobacco smoke blown into it. I've heard about the hot roll thing. <laughs> or be electrocuted. Right, what? <laughs> it'll make you. It'll make you totally forget about your ear pain. Oh yeah. <laughs> Got a headache? Order a tea kettle to be poured on your head, or apply a fried egg to your head, or be electrocuted. <laughs> <laughs> There's this great new scientific discovery. It's called uh, electricity. We're just gonna shock the fuck out of people. Well, and, but this is this It'll is cure everything. Yeah, this is what humans do, right? When something like that happens, we start saying, "Oh, it cures this and this and this and this and this everything. Mm-hmm. This magic new thing. It's it's, it, it's a cure all for everything. And it and it literally they don't do it. Doesn't cure anything. It's, it's the wonder just, treatment. Yeah, like when we're giving radioactive pills to people. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't good. Uh, what about a case of moist asthma? I thought you were just going to say moist ass. Moist ass. <laughs> what if you have a case of that? Rub a sheep Electrocute. <laughs> <laughs> moist asthma. Uh, tar water, seawater, nettle juice. What uh, is tar water? I, I didn't think tar and water mixed. I don't know. Hmm. Uh, tar water, seawater, nettle juice, and quicksilver. Quicksilver. Mercury? Which is, yeah, yeah. mercury. Yeah. Hmm. So, ah. um, what if you have white specks in the eye? Uh, not clear exactly what they mean by that, but glaucoma is that like the floaties you see sometimes that are just completely natural? No, I think the, they're probably that, talking about that. Was one of the suspicions? It might be those or hmm. um, cataracts, maybe. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, going to bed, put a little earwax on the speck. <laughs> <laughs> on the what? On the on speck. specks. Put, on your so, eye? In your eye. Scoop out some earwax and just <laughs> put it in your eye. Yeah. <laughs> when you go to bed. Do that when uh, you go to bed. Yeah. Be sure to use your own. That'll, that'll make you sleep really well. <laughs> uh, the falling sickness, the which I'm fainting? sure. I think it's seizures. Oh. Uh, an entire milk diet for three months. Fuck. During fits, blow up the nose a little powdered ginger. <laughs> to cure epilepsy. Gin- powdered ginger. Uh. Mm. Um, almost done. Gout, apply to hand or foot a raw lean beef steak. I have no idea why lean is important there. <laughs> Can't have too much fat. Yeah. Change it once in 12 hours till cured. Oh, fuck. I ain't leaving a steak on my foot for 12 hours. And and which one gets cured? The steak or the gout? <laughs> yeah. Uh, toothache? There's one, only one simple thing for that. Electricity? Be electrified through the tooth. <laughs> <sighs> Uh, kidney stones. Eat two cups of alfalfa roots and leaves. Uh, hmm. It sounds like it just binds you up. So the whole point of this, though, is that, I mean, it's kind of fun and everything, but just to illustrate the way in which it's so easy to laugh at these remedies, these so-called remedies, but the people of the time 
thought it was real. Really believed these stuff, this stuff, the way that we do today with the things that we have. And by the way, the last one, the kidney stones one I threw in there is a modern remedy mm. for kidney stones. It's it's not mm. one from 1747. I threw it in there because people are still doing this shit, this pseudoscience bullshit. Uh and it's nonsense. Also, I think that religion and gods fits into this category too that mm. um are just it's just as it's actually it's the god thing is actually less sensible than these remedies because these are actually real items they're using. Yeah. Um, and there's nothing tangible about the God thing, but anyway, I thought it was interesting and, uh, just shows how humans are so arrogant and so stupid at the same time. <laughs> Maybe if we just had an open mind and believed, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. looked at some other sources besides what the mainstream is trying to tell oh, us. Yeah, exactly. Still haven't then, heard from. Oh, that, yeah. I, I, I keep looking in the email box to see if you sent anything back. That's Yeah. It's frustrating. It's frustrating to me. Like, you must acknowledge that you were fucking wrong. Oh, and the funny <laughs> thing is, is, a video shows up in my fucking YouTube mm -hmm. recommended things. Probably because I've been watching a lot of flatter shit. <laughs> probably that's probably why it showed up. Uh -huh. uh, where a guy was going to the city council to talk about the dangers of five G. Yeah, because it's super dangerous. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there's nothing that. You know, companies want to do more than kill off their customers. The one thing he said right off the bat, 5G is a lot weaker signal, so they need to put a lot more towers a lot closer. So they're going to be on every street corner just barraging us with this stuff. I'm like, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> Why would they put something that's less Well, the, the signal, it, it doesn't travel as far, so you do have to have more points. But he was making it sound like they're going to be putting like, like it didn't go very far at all. Like you'd have to have a 5G tower in your house. They're well, they're going to be parking them outside of, you know, several different homes around the area and stuff, but yeah, it's it it doesn't travel as far. It's like you're maybe you're old enough, I don't know, did your parents I'm sure had like a home phone, like a landline phone. Oh yeah, they still do. And did they get cordless phones ever? Yeah. So your cordless phones would operate on either 2.4 gigahertz yep. or 5 gigahertz. And it's the same way that the Wi-Fi routers and stuff operate as well. They they operate on those two bandwidths. Yep. So the 2.4 doesn't allow as much data throughput, uh, but it travels farther. The 5 the the 5 gigahertz doesn't travel as far, but it has a lot higher uh, bandwidth, I'll, I'll, yeah, provides a lot larger bandwidth. Um, so yeah, they will have to have more towers in more places and more repeat, basically kind of repeaters that just carry the signal a bit farther and can bounce it around between different places. But yeah, it's it's not. But even then, it's like okay, it's it's it you know it doesn't harm you. It's non-ionizing yeah. radiation, so. It it doesn't do anything to you. It doesn't damage your cell structure or anything like that. It's like saying, well, you know, before we had we had four cuddly rabbits around you, and now there's going to be ten. <laughs> well, fuck it. So they're cuddly. Like it it doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't do anything else. Like there's more physical things, but it's not doing yeah, anything. Yeah, it's just yeah. it's dumb. <laughs> it's fucking stupid. Uh, what did I do over the last? I've just been super busy with work. With work and then 
you know, people delivering stuff to the house. We got new couches. The couches that I had were super old. Uh, the, the couch that we had down here I actually got from uh, a f- friend, another, a fellow atheist here in Utah that I bought from them like eight years ago. And they had it, you know, for several years before that. Yeah. And the couches upstairs, Tracy and I got like six years ago and it's bonded leather. We didn't know that the bonded leather would eventually start peeling off. So we got new leather couches upstairs, the new microfiber couch downstairs, a big sectional thing that's very nice and comfy. And, uh, yeah. So between arranging deliveries of all of that and between work and all the family stuff going on, yeah, just been incredibly busy. Um, that's about it. Oh, I did get, what did I do with that fucking card? Shit, I left Uh, it upstairs. Yeah, the one from your. I'm going to go grab it. Hang on. Okay. We'll be right back. Okay, I'm back. And that was a, that was a long five hours. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, I've been just sitting in here wondering what was going on. I didn't want to leave the room. Uh, so to, in today's mail, I received uh, holiday cards from my grandmother and from my father. My grandmother sent one that was just like, happy holidays, hope everything's well, blah, blah, blah. I mean, not not any religious message at all. Yeah. So I opened the card from my father. First of all, it's covered in glitter. If <laughs> if you do one thing for the people in your life, don't give them a fucking card with glitter on don't it. Don't give them anything with glitter. I hate Yeah, I, I can see her shoulder got a little bit of sparkle on it, it's right? It's the worst. It <laughs> I'm, just fucking I'm gets almost, everywhere. I'm almost phobic of <laughs> glitter. <laughs> it just, it's fucking, uh, it's the herpes of the craft world. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so the outside of the card has, like I say, glitter on it, and it's a church on the front in a winter in a winter escape. It's actually a Thomas Kincaid fucking painting. And I really dislike Thomas Kincaid's <laughs> shit. Like it's it's used all over the LDS uh, church. It's, he's huge here in Utah. Uh so it's so it's a church building and on the front it says God's love still shines bright. And it's the the all of the windows in this church are lit up. Well, yeah, it's nighttime. But it's obviously not a Mormon church because it has a cross, has a cross. on the steeple. And inside the card, the card says, May the heart of Christmas, the love of Jesus, the joy of grace, and the peace of God be yours today and always. Blessed Christmas. And at the bottom of the card, it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Apparently, that is Isaiah 61. Obviously. From NRSV. I'm guessing that's the new, new something. NRSV? New, really stupid version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it for sure. Uh-huh. Yes. And then he wrote in there, looking forward to seeing you at the Xmas party. I love you, Dad. But this, so... My grandmother sent me the card. Like I said, hers had no religious message. It was just happy holidays. My dad is this. This is just an indicator of how fucking far gone he's gotten with his religion these days. Like he's he's the guy who used to send out like uh, Christmas cards with like, you know, cartoons of of Santa shitting down your Christmas or shitting down your chimney. Or like Simpsons, yeah, cards just like a couple or, of years ago, right? Yeah, yeah, 
yeah, I mean, he'd, he'd send out just funny cards, and they were never, never had any religious message at all. And now, and it's not as if he doesn't know that I'm an atheist, right? Yeah, like, that's, he knows. that's the big part. <laughs> yeah, like, he knows, knows that I'm an atheist. What, and actually, my grandmother, so the, the family Christmas party that my father mentions in the card is something that my dad's side of the family holds every year. And I go, I didn't go last year. We had something else, but this year we'll be going. We used to have it at a, fa- uh, a family-owned rec center. Uh, one of my cousins, her husband's family is very well-to-do, and so they had this giant fucking awesome rec center with like a full basketball court in it and you know movie theater upstairs with like 12 leather couches set on tiers and video games and pinball games and ping pong and billiard well, tables and they had a they had an entire McDonald land ball shit. pit thing in you know downstairs and like soda machines and refrigerators and ovens and microwaves and popcorn well, like just it was this amazing place for just you know, members of the family to go and have family parties. And that's what you get when you give 10% to the Lord. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Your bounty is returned to you tenfold. So, so the, yeah, we'll be going to that. And, but the, my cousin's husband's family sold that rec center. And so this year, the, the family party will be at my, at the ward house where my Uh. father goes to church. So I get to go to an LDS ward house. For our family party, my grandma called and invited me to the party last night, and I had her on speakerphone, and Tracy and I were standing in the kitchen, and she's like, oh, hi, sweetheart, I'm just calling to invite you to the family party, it's on the 22nd, and just really looking forward to seeing you, and it's going to be down to the down to the church that your dad goes to, and I'm like, oh, a church, that's my favorite. <laughs> she, she just chuckled, and she's like, oh, I know, I'm sure you're really excited about that. <laughs> So, I mean, she's a pretty good sport about it, but it's just this passive aggressive bullshit from my dad. And I mean, I'm sure he sent this, you know, this card or similar ones to everybody, but it's just like, well, the test is going to be if he's going to have a uh, bishop there to talk to you when you show up. I would love that. Uh, dude. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, but that's just it. Like uh. he has still to this day, like he's been going to church now for two or three years, I think. And he still has never even mentioned it to me. Like he gave my kids the quad on yeah, the slide, yeah. you know, on that one year for Father's Day. Like all kinds of just subversive, passive aggressive shit like that, like sending this card, you know, stuff like that. But he still, he has never even mentioned it to me at all because I think he's terrified that you'll, I, you'll win. That I, well, well, and just that I would, I would lead him to question. Yeah, it'll, this religion that he's all in on now. Would you see what the LDS religion did this past week? Mm, well, they, they're all they're, they're, they're always, always changing up to some shit. kind of fuckery. They lowered the age uh, that's required to be able to enter the temple. Oh yeah, down to twelve, 12 now, like twelve it? and thirteen or something like that for baptisms. Right? Yeah. Well, well, whatever. Well, that's it, because when now you now you'll hold the the priesthood. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah. I think I said like before it was like eight you had to be eighteen in order to become worthy to enter the whatever that the special temple and now they're like, No, you can be twelve. God changed his mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, just because you have to be. They're like, fuck, all these older kids are getting on the internet and fucking leaving the religion. We need to fucking latch them 
lot sooner. Yeah. Well, it's fucking stupid. Why would they have any kind of age restriction beyond eight years old? I mean, mm. that's the age of accountability, yeah. right? When you know right from wrong, Good point. your your sins are washed away. You are now accountable for everything that you do. You're basically deemed worthy in God's eyes as an adult. So wait three months. I mean, <laughs> sure, Joseph Smith, you know, married teenage girls yeah. and everything. So, but at least they were in their teens. They weren't in their preteens, as far as we know. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't put him past it. I wouldn't put it past him that he had no some uh, some dalliances 12. with even younger girls. But yeah, it just it it's fucking stupid. Just the dumb fucking things that different religious sects do, for and then change it. Just you know. Oh well. Yeah. Now we're gonna change the age to twelve now because reasons. Because we're go back to that card for a second too, and just like what. Just what an asshole, selfish thing that is, because, you know, he, he understands perfectly well, as we said, what your position is. And then to, to give you something that he likes, but knows that you won't. Mm -hmm. Well, and it, it makes me think like, well, how, how, how much would he appreciate it if I sent him an atheist Christmas card, you know? Yeah. Right. But this, I mean, it just, it just illustrates how, uh, religious privilege is, not only so quickly utilized by people, but uh, that probably they're not even thinking about it. Mm -hmm. It's just, this is a good thing. It's church. And so I'm going to send this good thing to my son. Yeah. You know, I don't even care if he likes it or not. I mean, it's not, it's, that's not really what doesn't really cross his mind probably. Yeah. Well, and you're right. It is, it is a religious privilege thing where he knows that, you know, religion holds this, special place of deference for most people that they're not going to attack it. They're not going to say anything bad about it. So you can do whatever you want, you know, of course, within reason, but you know, just about anything you want, as long as there's a religious purpose to it, or you're promoting God's word, mm -hmm. you're, you're doing the Lord's work here on earth that a lot of other things are, you know, become permissible when in any other context, it would just be that you're a giant fucking asshole. Yeah. Yeah. You're just a huge prick. Yeah. All right, well, we got a bunch of news stories and stuff for you this evening, and so let's get to those. I'm Bryce Barkenagel. Have you ever wondered if Joseph Smith was drugging the early Mormons? Turns out it might be possible when you have a fantastic congregation that is witnessing angels floating around in the rafters and think that the temple is on fire and they're running out in the snow and writhing around on the ground naked. Yeah, as it turns out, drugs might be the best explanation. Be sure to check out my Sunstone Symposium presentation on the Joseph Smith Entheogen Theory by punching that into any YouTube browser. And thank you so much for checking that out, and be sure to check out the Naked Mormonism podcast. This is the Godless Revolution. It, it occurs to me as you're both talking that both of you have faced serious illness in your lives, and I'm wondering if that at all has shaped your view of the afterlife. Christopher? Um, I would say it fractionally increases my contempt for the false consolation element of religion and my dislike for the dictatorial and totalitarian part of it. But I presume what I say by the first is self-evident. But what I mean by the second is it's considered perfectly normal in this society to approach dying people who you don't know but who are unbelievers and say, now are you going to change your mind? It's, in fact, it's considered almost a polite question. <laughs> um, 
<laughs> and it used, as you know, there's a long history of fraud about this. People claim that Darwin had a deathbed recantation. They'd made up lies about Thomas Paine. It goes on all the time. It's a very nasty little history. But it, it, there's also a horrible undertone of blackmail to it. People write and say, look, you've got, you've got about one chance left now. Aren't you going to take it? I'm writing to you as a friend. <laughs> as it, they've even tried on me when I've been very ill and not, I haven't had quite the vinegar I'd like to have had in, in, my, in a hospital bed. I don't mind. I can take it. But I think there are a lot of people older than myself, iller than myself, perhaps at the risk of seeming conceited, less educated than myself, to whom that's a horrible experience. It's, ve it, it's very depressing and alarming to be spoken to in that way. I mean, if Sam and I were to form a core of people to go around religious hospitals, which is what happens in reverse, and say to people who are lying in pain, say, did you say you were Catholic? Yes. Well, look, you may only have a few days left, but you don't have to live them as a serf, you know. <laughs> Just recognize that that was all bullshit, that the priests, <laughs> the priests have been cheating you. And I guarantee you'll feel better. I don't think that would be very ethical. Okay, but I think it would be something of a breach of taste. But, but if it's in the name of <laughs> if it's in the name of God, it has a social license. Well, fuck that, is what I say. <laughs> and and will say if it's my last breath. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you to everybody who has rated the show on iTunes and Stitcher and are following us on YouTube, Twitter, and Facebook. And to all our Patreon patrons, you make the show possible. We mentioned the LDS Church a lot because we're here in Utah. Yeah, it's kind of hard to get away from it. Matt and I are former Mormons. My dad's now a Mormon again. <laughs> um, there's, the, there's a story... Do, well, you guys remember when they, they showed Deadpool at Bruvies here locally, yeah. right? And Bruvies got basically shut down. I think, they, because I think the it, state it, tried to revoke their liquor license. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. because Bruvies sells alcohol, and in the state of Utah, you're not allowed to have sexually graphic content or any sexual stuff and alcohol in the same place. Yeah, well, yeah, like our our strip clubs, you can either be fully nude and have no alcohol, or you have to wear pasties and, and serve you can have alcohol. alcohol. Yeah. yeah. Because the pasties, you know, totally obscure uh, everything yeah. else. <laughs> but the Republicans are all about freedom, and the Democrats yeah. are all about taking yeah. that away, right? Yeah. Yeah, the, the small government people who, you know, want to force their religious views and views on morality anywhere they can. Um, so, so that whole thing with Deadpool happened, and this week there was, there was another stir here in Utah yep. because of Deadpool because— there's a poster that came out for Deadpool 2 that has Deadpool in the place of Jesus Christ in this somewhat famous painting. It's it's like in every LDS household here in Utah. Yes, yeah. Uh, this comes to us from the Salt Lake Tribune. The headline says, online petition alleges Deadpool poster is religious discrimination against Latter-day Saints or what? Mormons. Yeah. A petition demanding the removal of a once upon a Deadpool movie poster calling it, quote, a form of religious discrimination, end quote, against Latter-day Saints has gathered nearly 40,000 online signatures as of Thursday afternoon. The Change.org petition calls, calls out the poster, which resembles what it calls the, quote, sacred picture of the second coming, 
by Harry Anderson that was commissioned by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Now, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have known that was an LDS poster. Well, I only know because it's in, like I said, in, in every, every LDS yeah, every house household. here in Utah. So only people who are have LDS family members or are very LDS would would associate that with being mm-hmm. LDS. Yeah. Well, and it's it's a it's a fucking painting of white Jesus. Yeah. Walking through the clouds with angels blowing horns all around him, all around him. <laughs> Uh, the story continues and says, quote, Deadpool is positioned exactly as Jesus Christ was and is wearing a white robe. The petition reads, it is unknown if the picture was used to intentionally mock the church of Jesus Christ. And they just leave it at that, which is weird. That's allowed, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Mocking is, is legal. But it is clear it was copied from the original picture. This is a form of religious discrimination. We ask that the picture be not used or posted in any manner that they may find another poster to represent their movie. No. No, yeah. Go fuck no. yourselves. How about that? And the thing is, is, even if you have a copyright on it, all you have to do is change 10% of something and you don't infringe on their copyright laws. Mm. They change way more than 10%. Mm-hmm. The original painting features Christ returning to Earth with angels blowing trumpets flanking him. The Deadpool poster centers on the masked character played by Ryan Reynolds. Beneath the words, you'll believe in miracles. You'll, why you He's flanked by various characters from the movie, some playing or holding musical instruments and a dog. <laughs> and it, I mean, yeah, it, it, the, the, the representation of Jesus here is pretty similar. I mean, and it's being it's flanked by people playing instruments is the same, yeah. but besides that, it's nothing is similar at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so comments left on the online petition include. This is so sacrilegious, misspelled, to me. I can't even believe they would do something so inappropriate. If you need to create such a shocking poster just to advertise your movie, then maybe you should reconsider your movie. It's not even shocking. Well, it would be maybe shocking to somebody who thinks Jesus Christ should only be represented, you know, as this perfect being. And perfect, according to Mormons, is, of course, white. Yeah. Well, shocking if you live inside this bubble and you don't ever experience real artwork or parody or mm-hmm. uh, any satire, any of these kinds of, of things. Utah's very low on culture and humor. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I mean, especially I, what I should say is within the Mormon community, mm-hmm. it's very almost like uh, puritanical in some ways. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, well, in, in church and, and everywhere. I mean, even... I mean, some of the early Mormon teachings were that you shouldn't be laughing boisterously. You shouldn't, you know, right, you should, right. you should always practice reverence. You shouldn't. You should be Amish. Ever. Basically, <laughs> basically it was like in the old days and in the early days of Mormon theology, if you were to laugh hysterically, it's that, you know, you basically possessed? you, you, you look like a crazy person and you could be possessed. Yeah. Tom and Cecil would be demons back then. <laughs> so would I. Yeah. Uh, this is clearly hate speech. Oh, come on. And, of course, they misspelled speech as P-E-A-C-H. Wait, what? Yeah. This is clearly hate. S-peach. S-peach. They're very tasty this time of year. Oh, jeez. I fear further retribution. Please remove and fine them. Fear further retribution. Like, what the? What? What the? What (laughs) retribution? Like they're they they fear further retribution. What was the first bit of retribution? How has this harmed you? Yeah, and retribution implies that's you did something to them first. Right. Another another comment says just this is sick. Another one says it's blasphemy, which is legal. 
Another one says, I wholeheartedly agree with the First Amendment and free speech, but this breaches breaches over the line of religious discrimination. I find it very disrespectful. This isn't. I was say these people need to learn what religious discrimination <laughs> is. Yeah, and they need to learn what freedom of speech is. Uh huh. This- I, I I wholeheartedly agree with freedom of speech unless it's against me. <laughs> then you don't get it. I get it. I get it, but you don't. This isn't just about the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter Day Saints. Oh? This is about respecting Christianity. You don't have to like or agree with the church, but please do not mock my Savior, the Savior of the world. Yeah, too, too bad. Uh, well, why isn't Jesus showing up and sticking him? Like, if yeah. if if J Rock had a real problem with this, wouldn't he come down and be like, "Hey, you guys should maybe not do that. That's that's really not cool, bros." <laughs> also, the hypocrisy because how quick are they to mock atheism? Oh yeah, uh, all the time. And 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 it's okay to shit on it because it's wicked and evil. Or homosexuals. Or people right. of other religious faiths. Right, yeah. right, right, right. They, they, Mormons view everybody else, you know, every other religious faith as not true and, and silly and stupid and wrong. Uh, another comment says, I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Like, nobody, it's funny that yeah, all, every, in all yeah, of these every, comments, nobody says Mormon, Mormon anymore. Uh, if people do, If people doesn't believe in our faith, they must learn how to respect. No, I, I respect your right to have belief in fucking stupid yeah. shit. But that doesn't mean that I have to believe that I have to respect the stupid shit itself. Not all the comments were supportive of the of the petition. One quoted Latter-day Saint Apostle David A. Bednar, quote, to be offended is a choice we make. It is not a condition inflicted or imposed upon us by someone or something else, which I thought that was that was pretty, pretty good. Yeah. Another commenter wrote this poster is not religious discrimination, as the author of this petition claims. The poster is satirical, not discriminatory. Anyone who knows the Deadpool character knows that he's completely non-discriminatory as he ridicules, mocks, satirizes just about everyone and everything, including himself. Yep. <laughs> Go see the movie. Though not quite as good as the first, it's very funny. Laugh loudly, get over it. This is the second Deadpool contra- Deadpool-related <laughs> controversy in Utah. In 2016, regulators with the state's Department of Alcoholic Beverage Control, because, of course, the state has to run yep. alcohol here. In the in our small government the, state, the in our, in our deep, yeah, yeah. deep red small government state, the state controls all yeah. of the alcohol. Uh, regulators with the state's Department of Alcoholic <laughs> Beverage Control threatened to fine the theater brewies up to $25,000 and to temporarily rescind its license under a law that bans serving alcohol during films with simulated sex or full frontal nudity. And you know which scene it was? It was the strap-on scene. It was the it? pegging scene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bruvies sued the state, arguing that the law hampered its free speech rights and prevailed. The state was later ordered to pay the theater's legal bills, which amounted to nearly $500,000. Yeah, they lost big on that one. Uh-huh. Because it was a stupid fucking law. Yeah, and and way to go with the tax dollars. Like, yeah. what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. Why are you worried about that? So I saw another petition posted. Oh, yeah. What was that? Demanding the LDS church change the original painting to not be racist. So who now what? They said they, they petitioned the LDS church to change the original painting so it's no longer racist. Which paint? Are you talking about this painting here? The, the original painting of this. So back up. I'm confused So someone now. put up a petition uh-huh. for the LDS church uh-huh. to change the original painting. 
so, so that it's, it's not racist. Uh, so that it's not discriminatory. Yes, because according to that painting, only white people get into heaven. <laughs> oh, let me see. Yeah. Here. Where is the... <laughs> right there. They're all white, blonde-headed women and yeah. men in that picture. They are. Uh-huh. So they said, huh, they sure only are. white people get into heaven. There is there is nothing but alabaster faces <laughs> yep. in this yeah. painting. Yep. So someone made up a petition petitioning the church to change the original painting because it's racist because it says only white people are allowed in the, in the heaven. Well, that's part of Mormon theology. Everybody yeah. becomes white and delightsome. Well, they also point out in the thing that this was petitioned before blacks were allowed to hold the priesthood in mm. the church. Maybe it's a clue. Maybe Jesus is going to return to Ireland. <laughs> the second coming is going to be in, in I just, Dublin. I just like how there's, there's one woman on the the very right. Who Every, looks like she doesn't know what the fuck yeah. she's doing. Well, I'm, I'm just betting she's like, you know, instruments have that, that little spit valve in them to drain your spit out. And you got to like angle your instrument a certain way to drain the spit out. Is it? That's I, what she's doing. She's hitting the spit valve on there, draining the, draining the loogies out of the <laughs> trumpet. <laughs> Well, it's like all of the rest of them are like pointing their horns up into the sky. And she's pointing down. Yeah. You're doing it wrong, Martha. (laughs) Dummy. Uh. Speaking of the LDS Church and Utah, there was some good news this week as far as the rest of the secular world here in Utah goes, that Salt Lake County is now a minority Mormon county and the impacts are far-reaching. This also Also, comes to us from the Salt Lake Tribune. All white. All white. Well, well that one guy in the front might be Hispanic. Okay, there. Okay, never there's mind. There's a Hispanic lady. Yeah, there's a Hispanic couple there. I don't see any Polynesian people, no. which is strange. They get their own service. Yeah, there's a couple brown people in okay. there. No black people though. No. But this is Utah. So, uh, this says that with major implications on everything from the classroom to the church pews, from the Capitol to the dinner table. An unrelenting demographic shift has hit a major milestone. Fewer than half of the people living in Salt Lake County are on the rolls of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Good. The membership numbers come from the church itself, initially handed over to state officials to assist in making population estimates. (laughs) The Utah-based faith provided the same numbers to the Salt Lake Tribune. They show Salt Lake County's population is now 48.91% Latter-day Saint, the lowest since at least the 1930s, according to the available records. There are 558,607 people on the church membership rolls in the state's largest county, which has an estimated population of 1,142,077 people. And so the, the church says that there, there's the 558,000 on their rolls. Yeah. Of which maybe a third are actually active. True. And a large number of them are atheist and just haven't bothered removing their name or having their name removed from the rolls. In Utah overall, the percentage of Latter-day Saints is 61.55%, a figure that has also inched down as the state's hot job market has attracted new residents who are less likely to be members of the predominant faith at the state's homegrown population. Uh, and then it just quotes some more statistics here. Says this shift decades in the making has tangible impacts, such as Salt Lake City become or Salt Lake County becoming more politically liberal. It also changes the dynamic in many neighborhoods and schools. Quote, when I grew up in Davis County, almost all of my classmates were members. My kids have only a few Latter-day Saint classmates in their school, said Salt Lake County Mayor Ben McAdams, who is a member of the faith and lives in Sugar House and recently won his election over Mia Love. Yep. I hope they learn. How does that happen? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> because it was a large part of Salt Lake County, it was part, of, part of the she, district. I thought she was going to be winning for sure. 
I, it was close. It was very close. But yes, yeah, he he did pull it out in the end and and won. Um, I hope they learn respect for the uniqueness of others and learn a little bit about themselves in the process. I don't think that one experience is better or worse than the other, but it is but it is a perspective that will shape who they are as adults. McAdams, who was elected to the U.S. House in November, added, I know that sometimes it can be hard to live in a predominantly Latter-day Saint community if you don't belong to the faith. I hope we can all learn to be more inclusive of others and break down some of the barriers that separate us. At the same time, for those Latter-day Saints who find themselves the minority in the community, McAdams said it can have a psychological impact, as it did for him when he lived in New York City. It made me more sensitive to the different perspectives of others, and my faith became something more personal to me. Good. It should be personal. To you. You should be waving that around for everybody else. So, And the story goes on and on, but yeah, it was good news that Salt Lake County, at least, is no longer majority LDS. That that made me very happy to be living here in Salt Lake County. And I, I think as a religious trend that's kind of trending over a lot of the U.S., hmm. religious just religious people, people religious attending religious on the decline yeah. overall yeah. yeah people attending religious services and people yeah, yeah, saying they sure. belong to a certain religion but that doesn't mean they're not i mean there's a lot of people are going very wooey yes so yeah that's an unfortunate side effect of a lot of people who leave religion is that they've grown accustomed to believing in a bunch of different things just without any kind of skepticism at all. Or, They're completely or, credulous. You just say something to them. That's why Utah is one of the hotbeds for uh, like pyramid schemes and yeah. scams and yeah, all kinds of woo and fucking uh, well, I, not not pharmaceuticals. The, the, uh, the oils. essential oils and the, yeah, uh, yeah, essential uh, oils and supplements. Yeah, yeah. Utah where, is huge into that kind of shit. I, I think I think that derives from the thought of, well, I have to believe in something. Yeah. Well, I think it's just I think it's just a byproduct of of skepticism not being a focus. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. You know, and so like Dan said, I think you come out of religion and you know, yeah, you you don't believe in those things, but usually there's a trigger to kick people off, right? Like somebody like right now the LGBT rights movement is probably the biggest socio-political thing happening in the country mm-hmm. and younger people are aware of that and have friends who are LGBT. When they see the church being fucking assholes about yeah. it, that's the trigger for them. Like, Oh, okay, well this can't, <clears throat> excuse me, this can't be right because they're on the wrong side of this issue, mm-hmm. but they leave and go out into society still with, uh, a mind ill-equipped to filter information that's coming in. Yeah, to critically examine the things that they're hearing. Yeah, so they just hop to something else that sounds good or that that fits their the preconceived ideas about the world or whatever, and mm-hmm. and don't have any way to uh, really f- figure out what's true or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's. It's like I say, it's just a product of them not being taught how to be good skeptics and and to just be completely credulous in everything that they hear. You know, it's, oh, well, so-and-so's an authority. And that's another thing, too, is that, you know, it it comes from a lifetime of of being under the thumb of an authoritarian regime of one yeah. form or another. You know, once once they leave a religion, it's, well, now who's going to tell me what to do? Yeah. <laughs> I can't like, I can't just make this shit up by myself. Yeah. I need somebody to tell me how to live my life. Who's in charge out here? Who's yeah. going to be my guru now? Manson, you got out of jail. Go listen to his ass. (laughs) 
speaking of Christians who are total fucking dicks, we hate, talked about. I hate this guy. Oh, me too. So we talked about Larry Taunton way, way back uh, on one of our early episodes after Christopher Hitchens had died. Larry Taunton wrote a book after Chris, after uh, Christopher Hitchens' death. In I think it was what's it called the the faith, faith of Christopher yeah, Hitchens or a fucking, something like a that? fucking shameless book uh, attempting to to gather capitalize gather on, a few yeah. bucks off of Hitchens' death and I wonder how close of friends they actually were like he claims yeah because I'd never heard of him when <clears throat> I was reviewing all of Hitchens' debates and yeah the only person that I've heard. That I've heard say that Larry Taunton and Christopher Hitchens were friends is Larry Taunton. Yeah. Um, this story comes to us from Dead State. It says, Christian author who said atheists exacerbate evil was cheating on his wife with two women. Ah, oh, with two women? Uh-huh. So was he cheating on three Well, people? you know, he, he had those big author books rolling in after mm. he wrote that book about Christopher Hitchens. Story says that after the death of legendary author, journalist, polemicist, and outspoken atheist Christopher Hitchens, Larry Alex Taunton wrote a book that claimed Hitchens flirted with becoming a Christian while on his deathbed and may have even acquired a belief in God. Which I totally do not believe. No, no not at all. Hitchens himself, before he died, said, if you hear that, that I had some deathbed conversion, don't fucking believe it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a fucking snake oil con, con man, slimy bastard like this. Uh, the book was slammed outright as a farce. Okay. In a review of Taunton's book, The Faith of Christopher Hitchens, The Restless Soul of the World's Most Notorious most notorious Atheist, The Guardian called its claims meretricious and said the author was exploiting his relationship with Hitchens to continue the tradition of religion apologists, uh, I'm guessing I should have said religious apologists, applying false narratives to secular figures after their deaths. Quote, there is so much wrong with this book that one hardly knows where to start but its fundamental error concerns the nature of intellectual inquiry itself. For Taunton, there is only one such pursuit, and it is unidirectional. If you are interested in morality, you are axiomatically interested in religion, which, for a Southern evangelical, means the Gospels. When Hitchens observes that a child and a piglet are morally different, Taunton says that, quote, this was unambiguous theism as he well knew. Of course, Hitchens knew no such thing. For him, as any atheist, morality did not need the framework of religion. Philosophy did not depend upon the, on the supernatural, and ethics did not require a godhead to be worth discussing. A discussion that can be traced back at least as far as Socrates in Plato's Euthyphro. Don't worry, I would have fucked that one up too. I I've had some alcohol this evening. <laughs> Taunton's penchant for intellectual dishonesty aside, it's, it turns out, his Christian morals were lacking in the first place. According to a report from AL.com, I think that's Alabama.com, maybe? Oh, no. Uh, Taunton resigned from the ministry he founded after, quote, he was confronted about allegations that he had inappropriate relationships with two young women on the ministry staff. Ooh. That's what he called his dick. Yeah. <laughs> Good joke. Good joke. <laughs> In a statement posted to the Fixed Point Foundation website, Taunton wrote that he had confessed to his wife, family, and the board of Fixed Point Foundation that he engaged in inappropriate, consensual behavior outside the bonds of my marriage some time ago. Yeah, it was all on his Fixed Point. Yeah. 
Quote, I resigned as the executive director of Fixed Point and have been in marriage and personal counseling as I seek healing and the forgiveness of those I have hurt, he wrote. Laurie, strong and full of grace, has demonstrated great love and mercy to me as we have begun rebuilding our lives together. I love Laurie and our children and ask you to pray for her and for them. They deserved much more from me. Out of respect for them and others, I will not discuss any additional details. I attach blame to no one else for the choices I made. I am deeply sorry, and I can only seek the grace and mercy of the God I serve and the many friends who have stood with us through the years. Apparently that God was not there to stand with him and make sure that he didn't cheat on his wife with two other women in the ministry. The idea that atheists don't have the same moral clarity as Christians was a common theme in Taunton's work. In an op-ed for Fox News last year, he wrote that, quote, Atheism unquestionably exacerbates the evil in our nature. And if Christianity doesn't make you good, strictly speaking from a theological perspective, none of us are, it makes you better than you might otherwise be. Hmm. So I guess his Christianity is what made him Him step out on his wife? Yeah. Throughout a lifetime of- No murderers have ever been Christians. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Never, ever happens. Throughout a lifetime of professed atheism, Hitchens managed to stick to his principles. Taunton couldn't even stay faithful to his wife. (laughs) That's a fucking perfect ending sentence there. That's awesome. Uh, Thank you to Mr. Alan Furkanoff for sending that in to Uh, us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I I hate that type of mentality from Christians, though. We've talked about it many times where it's them owning the morality. Oh, yeah. That they yeah. that they seem to be the moral authority and and think that their moral intuitions and beliefs all stem from their religious beliefs and that's not at all true. I mean, philosophy is what has informed religion throughout the ages, right? It's it's not the reverse. Religion hasn't gone to philosophers and said, "Hey, you know, I've had this wonderful idea. You guys sit around thinking about shit. How about instead of thinking about shit, you just you know." unquestionably accept what I tell you yeah. and then that will make you a better person <laughs> that, that like right. it just doesn't it doesn't fucking fit that way like there's you shouldn't think about how to be a good person you should just do exactly as I tell you and that will make you a good person and if you right. don't do what I tell you we're gonna fuck you up mm-hmm it's yeah. not even doing exactly what I, it's it's stop thinking about how to be a better person and believe in me and if you believe in me you'll automatically be a be better, better person, person. mm-hmm yeah, as if that logically follows somehow. Yeah, yeah, that's the biggest non sequitur. Yeah. Uh, speaking of mental health and ooh, mental health and being <laughs> being an atheist, being an atheist and stuff like that. I found this last week. We didn't get to it during the last show. Uh, this comes to us from Psychology Today. It says the mental health of atheists and the nuns. New research suggests that atheists have better mental health than other nuns. Ooh, mental health. Yeah, that's N O, not N U. Right. Uh, Christmas is approaching and religious people across the world are preparing with the appropriate prayers, observations, and services. However, a growing proportion of the population is non-religious, and for them, Christmas can be a meaningless, empty, and lonely period. Indeed, a small but growing body of research continues to explore the relationship between religiosity, non-religiosity, and mental health. Much of this includes broad comparisons between the religious and non-religious. Well, who are the non-religious? The non-religious is an umbrella term referring to a heterogeneous group of people often known as the nuns, N-O-N-E-S. 
These can include people who are lapsed, non-affiliated agnostics, the spiritual but not religious, and atheists. Interestingly, Pew Research Center surveys indicate a growth in the nuns as a proportion of the population. A 2014 survey indicated that 23% of Americans identified as a nun, significantly higher than the 16% observed in 2007. Within these nuns are a growing number of atheists. Indeed, the Pew Center or the Pew Research Center reports that the share of Americans who identify as atheists has roughly doubled in the past several years. Yay! Now making up 3.1% of the yeah. population compared to 1.6% in 2007. Interestingly, young white educated men make up a disproportionate number of atheists, hmm. which is kind of interesting. I mean, I would, I'm always shocked that more women, women. are not atheists yeah. just yeah, because really. of the way religion treats, treats women. Yeah. You know, they're, they're considered second class citizens in every religion I can think of. And yet there are more men who are atheists when they hold yeah. a, when they hold a, when they hold a position of privilege within every major world religion, it yeah. seems weird that they would be leaving that privilege and that, that position of privilege behind to be atheists while women who are shat upon in all of these different religious beliefs are the ones who are sticking around more. Yeah. The only religions I can think of that have actual like strong female representation would be like the, some of the Hindu religions with their multiple deities and some of them being women. Mm -hmm. That's about it. Otherwise all the other ones are represented by a, a male. Mm -hmm. uh, let's see the, this rise may be related to the new atheism, a social movement created and led by major public intellectuals such as Richard Dawkins and Christopher Hitchens, both of whom wrote best-selling books promoting atheism and atheistic worldviews. Much research indicates that religious people as a group tend to have better mental health than the nuns as a group. This is manifest in various indicators, including, including lower rates of depression, anxiety, suicide, self-harm, and substance use among the religious. The protective mental health effects of religiosity have been attributed to various factors. These include social support in religious congregations, a sense of purpose and meaning offered by religions, and moral codes commanding certain behaviors, for example, abstinence within religions. These are discussed in the short video below with Dr. Jarvis, elating authority on religion, atheism, and mental health. Well, then why do so many people in this happy valley of Utah use antidepressants and heavy narcotic use to, d null their, or to dull their pain? To numb the pain. Yeah. Well, but they're they're not really harming themselves as far as we know yet. Because the doctors <laughs> gave the pills to them. Mm -hmm. Also, there's so many variables that it's not really fair to sum it up as religion versus provide, non -religion, provides yeah. better mental health or 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 provides a better environment for increased mental health and atheism is damaging to mental health yeah. because we don't we don't live in a culture that treats religious people and atheists equally. Yeah. We don't live in a culture that has equal number of religious people and atheists where there's support support that way and all you know, it's not controlled where everything else is equal so you know that it's one of these two factors. Right. There there's hundred if not thousands and thousands of other things operating at this mm -hmm. in this situation too and um 
So it'll be interesting to see what they say, but I mean, it, it might just be a misleading headline. Well, and it, uh, so when I, when I saw the headline initially, I thought, well, it makes sense to me that atheists overall would be more mentally healthy because we don't, we don't rely on something that doesn't fucking exist for help, right? We, yeah. if we yeah. need help, we get help most of the time. Well, the other thing, I mean, the other thing is just, just by the very nature of it, you should be able to say, okay, this person is leading their life based entirely on this delusion of an imaginary friend. And this person isn't doing any of those things, but they do have a biochemical imbalance. Person A is way, way less healthy mentally. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, so even, even if the, even if the atheist has depression and all these other, like me, right. I'm, I'm still not forming my entire life based around a delusion that has been taught to me that mm -hmm. we think we should follow these, these voices and these, these visions and these, you know, whatever impressions and all that kind of bull. Th th this is like, you know, schizophrenia on steroids kind of <laughs> level, uh, you know, mental health problem. So, well, yeah, I mean, if you look at it, as, if you look at it as an objective measure of, do you believe in bullshit or do you not, then yeah, clearly, atheists reject all of the supernatural bullshit that comes along with religion and i mean just just by the nature of that if you're talking about how do you how do you live your life and do you live it based on a delusion that you fucking believe or not then clearly atheists are more mentally healthy there but when i when i saw it I, like i said my initial thought was well yeah i would imagine that atheists overall would actually be more mentally healthy because we do recognize that we can't just pray away any problem that we have. We'll you go have and deal seek with treatment it. for it. We'll, we'll, we'll use the best, best methods available to us that don't, you know, include getting on our knees and praying to an invisible yeah. sky wizard. Uh, new research has set out to examine the broad mental health differences in the subcategories constituting the nuns. Interestingly, a growing number of studies suggest that people possessing strong religious beliefs and convinced atheists tend to share similarly positive mental health. The worst mental health is observed in those with more ambiguous, confused, and weaker religious or spiritual beliefs. I think a lot of that is probably because they bounce around from one spiritual belief to the next, all in hopes of curing whatever ills they may have. And as that a mental condition. probably cause a lot of anxiety. Oh yeah. Well, this isn't working for me. That was the other thing that really stuck out to me. That, and, and when I thought about this initially was, well, sure. Atheists are more mentally healthy because we don't, we're not, we don't accept the premise that we're fucking broken and need God to fix it. Yeah. Right. Right. That's, that was a big thing for me when I saw the headline that, that really, that really just kind of shouted out to me was, well, sure. Yeah. I don't, I don't have to, think that, you know, I don't have to live my entire life thinking that I am this, though I know that I am a flawed human being, but it's not because of a fallen nature and original sin. And I am just, you know, completely unworthy and should be groveling at the feet of, you know, some imaginary being all the time. It's, it's because you're human. Right. Yeah. We all fuck up. And, and I understand that my differing moods can be influenced by you know, lack of sleep or yeah. if I'm hungry, you know, if, if I'm hungry, if I'm tired, if I, you know, if something else happens to me throughout the day that can affect my reactions with other people throughout the day, you know, there's, there's a ripple effect of if something shitty happens to you first thing in the morning, the rest of your day may not go so yeah. well. <laughs> like I notice when I'm cranky. Oh yeah. 
And I, when I realized I'm cranky, I'm like, okay, don't take this out on anybody else. Mm-hmm. Just oh yeah, I recognize. <laughs> I recognize when I'm cranky, and I and I try to alert people when I'm cranky. Like Tracy, Tracy deals with a lot of shit for me all the time because I get cranky during the week because I'm just so fucking busy all the time. Work is really really stressful. You guys, I think maybe you guys have seen me cranky a couple times, not very often. Yeah, not very often. But I'm, I'm cranky a lot. And you guys just don't, <laughs> you guys just don't know. And Tracy just puts up with it. And, you know, we, we've been together long enough that we can both just recognize that, oh, well, Dan's cranky. I should just leave him alone. And, and I'll recognize myself like I'm cranky. And so she'll come in and try talking to me and, and, you know, partway through whatever she's saying, I'm just like, you know, I'm not in a very good mood right now and I don't really want to talk to you or anybody else right now. So if you could just go away and come back later, that would be probably be best. (laughs) That was me at work the other day. Oh yeah. Yeah. What were you cranky about at work? We had to do this stupid fucking online course. Mm -hmm. And like, you have to be like a, a fucking have a doctorate in meteorology to figure half this shit out. And I'm sitting there, and the thing is, we're we're just trying to take the test until we fucking pass it. You're getting cranky it. thinking about it now, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, I am. So I haven't fucking finished it yet. It's fucking horrible. We all hate it. Did you say a doctorate in meteorology? Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's all about like weather patterns dealing with wildland fires, but it's like like way to the extremes of shit. Oh, I thought maybe you were having trouble with the iCloud. No. <laughs> but anyways, I got till the end of the month to fi- to finish the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it's 12 modules that each have a test in it. And we'll just sit there and be taking the fucking test over and over and over again trying to figure out which answer is fucking right and how to do it. You got to get out your <clears throat> you got to get out your your screen grab program. Oh, oh, don't worry. And then a word document yep. so you can just take pictures of it and paste it in the, the word document. The thing is when you get it wrong, it doesn't tell you what the right answer is. Uh, or or you know what? Sneaky bastards. Mm-hmm. Read your book and fucking learn this shit. There's no book. <laughs> oh. It's video. Oh, so you're supposed to watch the video and then watch, remember what Watch they... like two hours of video, then answer 30 questions on it. Uh. Where it might be, okay, you've got this kind of cloud, and it's coming in contact with this kind of cloud. And then you see this happening, and then these five other things happen. What's going to happen? For all, like, wild, uh, for all those wildfire or wild, wildland firefighting There you go, wildland. That's yeah. what I was going for. All the all the wildland fires that you fight, yeah, because you because you're a hot shot or something. Well, I mean, we get we get pretty big fires out. At, we had the largest fire in the state last year out in the desert. Yeah, by us that was we 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 started on it. And then once BLM came in, they took over. But we were fighting it for the first 24, 48 hours. Hmm. Yeah, but yeah, I get I get cranky throughout the week, and it's it's really good that we're both mature enough. To recognize yeah. that, hey, I love and care about you. I'm just not in a very good mood right now. And so a conversation with me probably won't go over very well. And sometimes if it's important or she's being stubborn, she'll still stick around. But no, motherfucker, listen to me. Yeah. <laughs> I need to talk to you about this. I need to get an answer about this now. And I'm like, God damn it. All right. What? What is it? But yeah, our, our arguments are, I mean, we argue like anybody else, but they're, I, don't, I just feel like they're much more mature arguments than I've had in not taken personally. Yeah, per, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's just, oh, I recognize that you're cranky right now, and so you're going to be responding in a not very kind way. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not you. That's just that's just your current mood. So 
she's she's really good about that and and vice versa yeah i think because she's she's kind of cranky sometimes <laughs> If you guys hadn't noticed, no, no. <laughs> she's she's a lot better. Well, she well, I, I told you she's on the CB. She's taking the yeah. CBD gummies, and she's like, these are really really helping me. I'm I'm like striking up conversation with people in the grocery store and stuff. <laughs> uh, let's see for an, for example, a just published study by Dr. Joseph Baker at East University. I'm sorry, East Texas State University indicates that atheists have the best mental health among the nuns, similar to that of the highly religious. In contrast, non-affiliated theists had the poorest mental health because they're double fucked, right? They don't have a supportive community around them to help them with things. And they have this belief that they're broken, damaged people who are unworthy of God's love. And they might also be questioning, well, I don't, God doesn't love me, but I, I might also not believe in this God. So what the fuck's going on here? Mm -hmm. These results tantalizingly suggest that certainty of belief rather than the content of the belief itself may be a key determinant of positive mental health in the group studied. Contrarywise, uncertainty or inconsistency of belief, as sometimes witnessed in agnostics, the non-affiliated and the spiritual but not religious, may be a risk factor for poor mental health. Hmm. And I can kind of see that, but I, I disagree with the premise. Uh, conclusion, Richard Dawkins himself has joked about atheists possibly being Despairingly neuro despairing neurotics driven to suicide by relentless cosmic angst because they lack the emotional and psychological consolations of religion. However, emerging evidence suggests that convinced atheists may derive consolation from a certainty of belief in their own solidly held worldview, leading to similar mental health to the highly religious. And again, this I just it's a I think the premise is flawed. I don't well, I don't think it's that we it, it, unless I, I would go with the premise of saying the the more solid your worldview is, the more solid your 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 mental health is. Well, and and I think that that speaks against what they wrote earlier in the article, where it says that you know people with religious beliefs who are active in their church and in their community have better mental health outcome. And and it it goes back to what Taylor has has said to us about different um, enclaves and groups of people who you know it, it's the what were I can't remember exactly what he said were the factors, but it's you know the basically acceptance and and group support and things yeah. like that, identity, purpose, and something else. But you know you get those things from religion a lot yeah. of the time, and so people who have a religious belief without that community and sense of purpose, of course, suffer worse mental health outcomes than than those who are in a religious community and have a, a large base of support. Um, and, and atheists likewise, who don't have any kind of community and support. It's really hard. It, it's especially hard here in Utah, where we've mentioned several times on the show that the LDS church takes up so, so much time yeah. for people who are actually active in the church. But once you leave, you leave behind this huge base of support and people get really depressed and despondent a lot of the time after they leave the church. Because they have no community to fall back on. That's yeah. that was one of the big things that uh you know, early board members and organizers for Atheists of Utah realized was that we need to have community events here in Utah for those people who are disaffected with their with their prior religious beliefs because they lose that community and that and that base of support. Mm -hmm. And so we need to build up a larger community and base of support for people who are not LDS or are not religious here in the state of Utah. 
so that, you know, people can have, can lead better lives where they, where they have acceptance and, and purpose. And that's why we do. And that's also why we would do a lot of different type of activities. You know, we'd have bar crawls and coffee chats and camping yeah. trips and something for everyone volunteer that activities. Into. Yeah. Yeah. So there was a wide variety of different things that people could go to based on their interests and, yeah. and what they may want to do with another group of people. Which is also why I hate when atheists bash the whole Sunday assembly idea. Right. Yeah. It's like, no, that's people are looking for a community. They're making a community to go to and make friends and and socialize with on a regular basis to have that support in that community. We're social animals. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, that's so uh, they're like, most, yeah, but isn't that just well, yeah, isn't, <laughs> I think the Sunday assembly thing is fucking stupid, but Yeah, I do, it's not my thing. It's either, not my but, thing either. Yeah. I'm, but well, I recognize that, that a lot that, of people really dig it. I just can't I just can't even imagine needing slash wanting anything like that. But yeah. I mean they 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 do. Yeah. 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 I know a lot of people really dig it. It's, it's never been my cup of tea, but I recognize a lot of people really dig it. And if it makes them happy. Yeah. So that's great. Yeah. Uh, such consolation may not be present for those with more uncertain and ambiguous reliefs or beliefs, such as the spiritual, but non-religious and agnostics. All this implies a need for further research, examining the psychosocial psychosocial. <laughs> And mental health differences between the different categories of the nuns. A splitting rather than lumping approach is necessary to enrich the scientific literature and avoid false conclusions. But yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was interesting. And, and like I say, I, I reject a lot of the basic premises in this article. I, I think they, they, they present a fact and then skew it. And, and to me, reading this, it seemed clear that the author was probably religious. Yeah. Yeah. And, they and so that just tends to skew everything toward their religious belief that, oh, yeah, well, you know, religions provide these different things that if you're outside of religion, you don't get those. And they're not they're not looking at it. They're not looking at the deleterious effects of religion and religious belief. And you think yeah, a, there aren't any in an article <laughs> from Psychology Today that they might have actually included some numbers or the actual like case studies references links to case yeah, yeah links to studies and stuff like that and there are some links in here with the classic british study and the just published study by joseph baker yeah. in east tennessee state university which i'm sure is a big rival for west tennessee <laughs> state university oh you you better believe it <laughs> but yeah i thought that was interesting Hi, this is Yvette Dontremont, a.k.a. The Cybabe, and you're listening to Godless Revolution. You can find me at Cybabe.com, at my Twitter account, at The Cybabe, and if you hunt really hard, you can find me at Pornhub. I dare you. I'm not as I was. Um... Something that I urgently felt I ought to do or say. And one mustn't repine or give in to self-pity about that. But at this present moment, I have to say, I feel very envious of someone who's young and active and starting out in this argument. Just think of the extraordinary things that are happening to us. Go, for example, to the Smithsonian Museum, to the new, I hope you've done, done it, <coughs> to the new Hall of Human Origins. Magnificently curated new ex exhibition, which shows, among other things, the, the branch or branches along which perhaps three, certainly three, maybe four if you count Indonesia, 
humanoid, shall we say, anthropoid species died out not very long ago, within measurable distance of 75,000 years or so. Possibly destroyed by us, possibly not, we don't know. We know they decorated their graves. We think they probably had language ability. We don't know if they had souls. I'm sorry, I can't help you. <laughs> but I so envy those who could, who could glimpse, I only mentioned three or four of the things that have magnetized and charmed and, and gratified me to think about in the recent past and, and how, how, how much I hope that each of you forms some such ambition this evening and carries it forward. In the meantime, we have the same job we always had, to say as, as thinking people and as humans that there are no final solutions. There is no absolute truth. There is no supreme leader. There is no totalitarian solution that says that if you will just give up your freedom of inquiry, if you will just give up, if you will simply abandon your critical faculties, a world of idiotic bliss can be yours. But we have to begin by repudiating all such claims. Grand rabbis, chief ayatollahs, infallible popes, the peddlers of surrogate and mutant quasi political religion and worship, the dear leader, the great leader. We have no need of any of this. And looking at them and their record and the pathos of their supporters, I realize that it, it is they who are the grand imposters. And my own imposture of the CV was marred by comparison. Thank you very much. If you have questions, comments, concerns, compliments, corrections, criticisms, or concepts for content, contact the show via email at godlessrevolution at gmail.com, by text or voicemail at 330-81-REBEL, or Twitter the twatter at TGR Podcast. Thank you! To round out and finish the show this evening, we have some stories about Christmas and the war on that holiday. I know. There's been a lot of deaths this year. A lot of deaths this year? Yeah. Of what? Oh, they're in the war. Oh, right. Yeah. They don't report about them on the news too much about the wars and this death, <laughs> the deaths in this war. You know what I mean. Uh-huh. Yeah. The, I've, I've walked the front lines and it's a bloody mess. Yeah. Woo. Saw Rudolph laying there, nose popped open. One, it was, I mean, it was just red and ripe. I mean, just the perfect target. I mean, he's given, he's given away his, his location to everybody. True. Like he was bound to happen. He's like a World War II soldier smoking in a foxhole. <laughs> Just going to see that cherry red thing and people yep. are going to fire at it, you stupid reindeer. Uh, to start things out, and these are all kind of tied together. So to start things off, we've got a story about a Nebraska school principal who decided that she would ban candy canes. We're going to, we'll go through this story, but before we do, I want to, I want to read a couple of things that I found online from actual candy cane makers. So Spangler, who has been making candy, who has been making candy and candy cane since 1906. You probably had a Spangler in your mouth at least once in your life. Oh, I've had plenty of Spanglers in my mouth. I sucked on them because you can't, (laughs) uh, you don't, you don't chew on a Spangler. Uh, this says, this is from Spangler's website. Uh-uh. It's Candy Cane History and Legends. It says, legend has it that in 1670, 
the choir master at the Cologne Cathedral in Germany, handed out sugar sticks among his young singers to keep them quiet during the long-living crèche ceremony. In honor of the occasion, he had the candies bent into shepherd's crooks. In 1847, a German-Swedish immigrant named August Imgard of Wooster, Ohio, decorated a small blue spruce with paper ornaments and candy canes. It wasn't until the turn of the century that the red and white stripes and peppermint flavors became the norm. In Indiana, a candy maker wanted to make a candy that could be a reminder of Jesus Christ, so he made the Christmas candy cane. He started off with a stick of pure white hard candy. The white color symbolized the virgin birth and the sinless nature of Jesus, and the hard candy symbolized the solid rock, which was the foundation of the church and firmness of the promises of God. The candy maker made the candy in the form of a J, which represented the name of Jesus and the staff of the good shepherds. He then stained it with three stripes, which showed the scourging Jesus received and symbolized the blood shed by Christ on the cross. When you break the cane, it reminds us that Jesus's body was broken for us. Hmm. And until today, and just now, actually, I had no idea that Spangler had this on yeah. their website yeah. and is now I mean, that, that sounds that that sounds like religious propaganda, right? Like yeah. a little bit on on Spangler's website. For but if it's if it cans. is the actual history of the candy cane, it's not really religious propaganda, is it? If it has a religious significance behind it. Well, but I mean, when they like the last line in here that <laughs> yeah. said, "When you break the candy cane, it reminds us." That Jesus's body was broken for us, yeah, not them or Christians or what. Like they're they're personally identifying with this narrative of the. Does candy the Green candy. family own this company too? <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, Spangler and Hobby Lobby. They're they're one and the same. Thick as thieves. Spangler Lobby. <laughs> now I have heard this before, though. I've heard. I, yeah, I've, I've heard the whole thing that that yeah. a candy cane is representative of Jesus. This I haven't heard this before. Yeah, I've heard it before. Yeah, I've heard it before. Yeah, I've heard it. I also found this other another uh, website called sermonsforkids.com talking about candy canes, and it says, Objects, a candy cane, perhaps enough for each child. Theme, the true meaning of Christmas. So this is, this is you know, if you're going to present a sermon to kids, if you're going to proselytize and try brainwashing and indoctrinating kids. children, you should ply them with candy and then give them this story. Ah, yes. Uh, so it says, objects, a candy cane, perhaps enough for each child. Maybe you want them to share and spread disease among each uh, other. Who knows? They Theme. vaccinate, right? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Theme, the true meaning of Christmas. Scripture, he himself bore our sins in his body on the tree so that we might, so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. By his stripes, you have been healed. First Peter 2.24, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Psalm 23.1. The candy cane is a longtime Christmas tradition. Everywhere we look, we see them. They are used as decorations on Christmas trees, and of course, they are one of the most popular of all Christmas treats. I've heard several stories about the history and meaning of the candy cane. I don't know if they are true, but I do think that the candy cane can teach us a few things about the true meaning of Christmas. <gasps> First of all, if you look at the candy cane like this, and it's upside down like a cross. You wouldn't want to put a cross upside down. Yeah, you would. It looks like the letter J. <laughs> Jesus starts with the letter J. So what? that should remind us of Jesus and help us to remember that Christmas is Jesus' birthday. <laughs> it's not, though. Christmas is not Jesus' birthday. Even religious scholars say that. <sighs> if you look at the candy cane like this, 
which is, you know, the way the you normally look up, at it, where you yeah. hang it on a tree. It looks like a shepherd's crook. The shepherd used his crook to keep the sheep from wandering away from the flock and getting lost or eaten by a wild animal. The Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd. The candy cane should remind us that Jesus is our shepherd and he will keep us from wandering away and getting lost or hurt. The candy cane is mostly white. Because mm, we're <laughs> racist. <laughs> white is a symbol of purity. That should remind us that Jesus was the spotless lamb of God and that because he came to the sacrifice for our sin, we can become as white as snow. Mm. This sounds like a Mormon site. It does. <laughs> as you know, the candy cane has three red stripes. The Bible tells us that before he was crucified, Jesus was beaten with a whip, which made blood red stripes across his back. Oh, that's good for kids. Yeah. You tell all the kids this during your little your little sermon. Just go whip Johnny on the back and you'll see what we're talking about. The Bible says that we are healed by those stripes. The stripes on the candy cane should remind us that Jesus suffered and died so that we can have everlasting life. So is, is the red stripes like the blood of Jesus? Uh-huh, yeah. So it's you can use a candy cane for communion. <laughs> <laughs> to many people, the candy cane is a meaningless decoration seen at Christmas time or just a piece of candy to be eaten and enjoyed. I think that I think what they mean to say is to rational people, the candy cane yes. is a meaningless decoration. I hope that this year, every time you see a candy cane, you will be reminded of the true meaning of Christmas. Lord, we thank you that Jesus is the good shepherd who keeps us from harm. We thank you that because of his suffering and death on the cross, we have life everlasting. Help us to remember that we find the true meaning of Christmas in him. They should have capitalized the H. Fucking idiots. <laughs> yep. What about all the other people that died because of through crucifixion? Should we not remember all of them, too? Well, they weren't sent here to cleanse away our sins, Ryan. How the fuck do we know? To die and be reborn. Maybe one of them was Satan. <laughs> and his cross fell over. So, so these these are these are teachings from an actual candy maker who has been making candy canes since what was it, 1906? No, it was uh, yeah, 1906. And then yeah. a Christian website, sermons for kids, sermons the number four kids. Yeah. So both of these are are you know it's a it's a reference from a Christian organization and then and a reference from, from an actual candy itself. maker. Yeah. So with that in mind, we have a story. This comes to us from Fox News. This says a Nebraska principal reportedly bans candy canes, says J-shape stands for Jesus. Because Mm. we wouldn't want to believe, you know, the candy maker and other Christian websites who are promoting that narrative. Why would she want to ban that? Well, the story says... Actually, I'm not even going to read the story. I want to no. I'll read well, this. I'll read this story. There's another one that I'll that I'll just oh, play okay. the video for. But this says that an elementary school principal in Nebraska was placed on leave after telling teachers to avoid decorating their classrooms with Christmas themed ornamentations, so as to not offend those who don't celebrate the holiday. So she's okay. trying to be a decent person, to be right? accommodating to everybody. So it's not like, hey, we only celebrate this one. Right. Either all or none. And she went with the the none. Trying to be inclusive, trying to be supportive of people who may not be Christians in her school, which is a laudable goal. Yeah. She may have taken it a little far. She, I think she, yeah. But I think a lot of that is because of Christian teachings that led her to take it too far. So the story continues and says, teachers were reportedly told that generic winter-themed items such as sledding and scarves and the frozen character Olaf were acceptable. Decorations that included Santa, Christmas trees, reindeer, green and red colored items, and even candy canes, however, were not acceptable for the elementary school. The candy canes, according to KETV, 
excuse me, were prohibited because Sinclair deemed them to have religious significance. Quote, historically, the shape is a J for Jesus. The red is for the blood of Christ and the white is a symbol of his resurrection, she reportedly wrote. This would also include different colored candy canes. But those like Starburst candy canes? Those are fucking good, Fuck, right? Yeah, they are. Oh, man, those are the best. Those, those Starburst are ones good. are the best. Yeah. I feel uncomfortable that I have to get this specific, but for everyone's comfort, I will, Sinclair reportedly wrote in the memo. The Elkhorn School District told Fox News in a statement that, quote, the memo does not reflect the policy of Elkhorn Public Schools regarding holiday symbols in the school. The district policy states that, quote, Christmas trees, Santa Claus, and Easter eggs and bunnies are considered to be secular, seasonable, seasonal symbols and may be displayed as teaching aids provided they do not disrupt the instructional program for students. Sinclair was placed on administrative leave as of Thursday morning. Hmm. So because she tried to be inclusive and foster a, a larger community instead of promoting one religious narrative, she's been placed on administrative leave. And these are things that come from the candy makers themselves, like, like I just reported, yeah. and from other Christian teachings, like in the sermons for kids. I mean, this isn't, this isn't something she just came up with whole cloth. This is something she learned from the candy makers and Christian yeah. teachings. Well, I'm, I bet she learned from the candy maker, but definitely from her growing up in a religious atmosphere. Sure. Sure. And she tried to do a decent thing and got shit on for it and, and is mocked widely across the yeah. internet and, and in a bunch of different news sources for this. Uh, one, Item in particular is this same story on Fox. There's some video here that we'll play. Well, the war on Christmas is totally fake. I forgot to tell you that it's fucker Car. I mean, Tucker Carlson. Yeah. And he's just a giant fucking he, dick. He really is such an asshole. <laughs> I hate him. They always tell you that on TV, but it's also underway again. I got off to a hot start last week with the left launching a new offensive against Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Now the war machine is opening up new fronts faster than we can keep up, but we're trying. An elementary school principal in Nebraska has banned a whole swath of Christmas-related items from his school. That would include Christmas trees. And you'll notice, I, actually, I just noticed while watching this he video that he says his, his school. Because, of course, a woman couldn't be principal of a school in Tucker Carlson's world. Uh, it's obviously a man who did this. Like he did? Did he not read, read the any of the fucking to, stories around no, this they before don't. he decided no. to report on it? No, they get headlines and then spin propaganda. That's yeah. what they do. Elves, Santa, and red-green color combinations. How about candy canes? Are they allowed? No, they're banned too. Why? Because they're in the shape of a J, which represents Jesus. Mark Stein is an author and columnist. He joins us tonight. You know, I just want to say again: the war on Christmas is not real, Mark. So stop talking about no. it. You're right. <laughs> what a fucking what a fucking dick i just i wish that he still wore the bow ties because <laughs> they fit just the dickish nature so much no better. the 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 liberal scientist bill nye wears them so how can he wear it <laughs> right right wing no, no. fox guy yeah, entirely fictitious. Yeah. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll bite. I'll bite on that and go back a, a couple of centuries, Tucker. You know, uh, the separation of church and state. When the founders came up with it, it's basically that they didn't want President Washington being the head of the Church of America as the Queen is head of the Bullshit. Church of England. That's it. They didn't want the Archbishop of Virginia sitting in the Senate as the Archbishop yeah. of Canterbury sits in the House of Lords. And like a lot of uh, sane concepts. 
it's uh, metastasized into something utterly insane. And when you're actually banning colors, when you're banning two of the colors on the color spectrum, red and green, <laughs> so there's only orange, yellow, and blue left, you're bonkers. So apparently in this guy's world, there are five colors. Five colors. And <laughs> they missed the thing saying red and green together. Mm. So you can wear red, you can wear green. They just don't want you wearing red and green together which is still i think going it's still it's still it's way too overboard. far yeah. it is going way overboard yeah mm -hmm. you're nuts you've you've flown the coop of reality you are in you are living in a, a more bizarre fantasy than santa and his reindeer and his elves could ever come up with and jesus this, and god yeah. and mary and joseph <laughs> yeah i'm bigfoot <laughs> <laughs> you just banned starboard and port. How dare you? Mm. Okay, another thing. A Minnesota State mm. University professor starboard and port left and right for votes. Could not have consented the conception of Christ and that God was behaving, therefore, in a, quote, predatory manner. That professor's salary is paid for by taxpayers, also tweeted himself decorating a Christmas tree. I like how he has to put that in there. Ornament. What? That he goes, this this professor is paid by tax dollars. Yeah, he just had to throw that in there, right? Because we don't want tax money going to these people who aren't going to celebrate religion. We want to give that we want to give your tax money to religions. Yeah. But that's true. I mean, God didn't ask Mary. No. He he was just like, No, here you're gonna have my kid, so buckle up, buttercup. Have this, fun this with this happening. one. And that God was behaving therefore in a quote predatory manner. That professor's salary is paid for by taxpayers. Also tweeted himself decorating a Christmas tree with satanic ornaments. With which <gasps> what? What are satanic? Oh no! Did he put Baphomet on top? What? <laughs> and why is that so fucking bad? Like he'd be perfectly fine if it were you know Christian religious ornaments. That's fine, but it's but a see, different religion, and so I don't he, like it. He hung a star upside down. It's automatically bad. And what made Tucker decide that Jesus was the good one? Why is Satan the bad guy? It, what what did Satan do that is bad? And what is Tucker even in the Bible? What is Tucker doing hanging outside this professor's house watching him decorate his Christmas tree? <laughs> Have you taken mm. any of his classes, Mark Stein? <laughs> no. And and the reason No, why would I learn anything? I'm fucking stupid and want to remain that way. I'd be like, Have you not heard my accent? I'm not even from America. <laughs> It is, this is the thing that this is because 50 years ago, this kind of shallow banality would have been the province of a drunk undergraduate at three in the morning. Um, I, I mean, like basically, the idea court that, that God uh, has gotten the Virgin Mary back to his pad and she's saying, I really must go. And he's saying, oh, baby, it's cold outside. Yeah. Yeah. But here's the thing. God didn't go back, take Mary back to his pad. He broke into Mary's pad and didn't pull out. Mm -hmm. And then he just left her all alone in a culture that would have killed her for this yeah. mm -hmm. if she didn't figure out how An to get out of that. unwed teenage woman yeah. who's pregnant, sure, yeah. And uh, put some records on while I pour. I miss the days uh, when atheists uh, were at least intelligent enough uh, exactly. to take... And that's the other thing. They're assuming that this principle not only is is the principle a man is, is an assumption yeah. that they've made, which and is fucking wrong, but then they're making an additional leap in assumption and saying that the principle is an atheist, atheist. And they don't fucking know that. Well, this is a different story, isn't it? Well, I think I think they're implying the professor is an atheist. Oh, the here. professor. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Which we still don't know. 
I would imagine that he probably is if he's putting satanic ornaments on his tree, but, but, but you don't know that for we're sure. We're hearing that from Fox News. Sure, yeah. Satanic would yeah. be, he didn't put an angel on top. Yeah. Seriously, what they were porting to knock down. Uh, the, the stupidity and banality and shallowness and reductiveness of this is a dismal comment on the state of atheism in America. And it's not even well, great. That's, they- that's a nice ad hominem, but address the argument that a teenage girl couldn't have possibly consented to an all-knowing God. Mm-hmm. State of atheism in America. And it's not even brave. They'd never criticize Jeff Bezos, the richest man in the world. Or What the fuck does that have to do with yeah. it? That is, that, that is Tucker Carlson crawling up Donald Trump's ass be, be, and yeah. making a sweet little home for himself. Well, be, Actually, I have a counterpoint to that because in Tucker Carlson's world, the absolute most powerful thing there is is the God that we criticize. Mm-hmm. What's braver than that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, well, what would be more brave than, than criticizing the, the all-powerful most powerful being thing in that the you universe. could even think of? Yeah. And and come to think of it. So is it not is it is it not real then, Tucker? I mean, <laughs> we don't criticize I mean, the point he's going to make is that we don't criticize other religions because the people are more violent. But what about the god? Yeah. What about yeah, the god and, himself? And why wouldn't yeah, I mean if if the god is offended by these things right. then why wouldn't the god stand up and say I'm offended by these things and you need to stop oh. or just make people stop? Yeah. But and, but they want to turn it into, you know, we're just these these meek, gentle, all, you know, patient, kind Christians that you're picking on. Yeah. And that's what, you know. Well, he also just said we don't criticize Jeff Bezos. Mm-hmm. Who Jeff Bezos owns uh, Amazon, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got the right guy in my head. Yep, that's the one. Um if I'm not correct, you know all the bald guys. I do. Uh, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, I'm mocking you, and I mocked you for your glasses, and now I'm wearing glasses. Yeah, I'm mocking you for being bald, and Guess my what? hair's going away. Yep. So you're fucked. I know. Rub some onions uh, on it. Didn't <laughs> didn't people just basically kind of like petition Jeff Bezos and Amazon for employees to get better pay and better hours and uh-huh. and and better work conditions? Um. Maybe because they were being critical of how he was actually paying his employees. Mm-hmm. And if I remember correct, most conservatives are like, fuck your fit minimum wage and you're wanting $15 yeah. an hour. That's kind of a liberal thing to do. Mm-hmm. So it's the liberals who went after Jeff Bezos and Amazon for the way they treat their employees and how little they actually pay them and actually got their employees a pay raise. Mm-hmm. So I would say that liberals do criticize Jeff Bezos. Yes. Yes, absolutely. I've had friends who became upset with me that I shop at Amazon. <laughs> but I, so, I do, and, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. So everything he's about to say is 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 wrong again. Mm-hmm. Or Apple, mm. Tim Cook, or no. Google, they suck no. up to people in power. Oh, my God. Oh, the projection coming out of Tucker Carlson yeah. well, after he just crawled up Donald Trump's ass. Yeah, while well, he's sucking the littlest dick in the White House. <laughs> yeah, and isn't isn't it typically a liberal thing to be anti-corporation? Mm-hmm. Anti-power, anti, you know, so. Anti-big anything. Yeah. yeah. And then beat up no. on the evangelicals and call themselves, you know, counter-cultural. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's pathetic. And they- no, it's accurate. It's factual. It, it, we live in the United States of America, which is predominantly, overwhelmingly Christian. Yeah. So, yes, if it, you are not, not a Christian, you, you are, are, in fact, but, countercultural. Yeah. 
don't seem to make as me- uh, the the same kind of Ramadan uh, jokes as they, oh, they do. Don't? Oh yeah, we yeah. don't mo- we don't mock Islam because we're a fr- that. It's exactly what Matt said. Um, I seem to recall in what Texas about two years ago, a Draw Muhammad fest getting shot up. Oh yeah, I'm, we well we mock Islam and, and oh yeah yeah. Yeah, I, I remember when that happened, being like, hey, guess what? I'm drawing Muhammad right now, motherfucker. Come get me. Yeah, I usually change my profile picture on Facebook to there's a cartoon thing of Muhammad looking in the mirror <laughs> going, blasphemy! Yeah. That, that's that's yeah. my little we, we, thing we, for We mock all here. religions equally. Mm-hmm. Well, some more often than others, but. Well, sure, yeah. Christmas jokes. No, it's all that, isn't it? I wonder why that is, Tucker. Huh. So hmm. you, you mean this community college professor, whatever this guy is, is yeah. not uh, attacking Muhammad? No, 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 no. Th- How this do you is know? Card- this is cardboard. This is cardboard courage. By the way, from teachers, even if you're an Wait. atheist, the greatest. I mean, didn't didn't he say happy holidays at the end of the tweet? So he's he's sending out a tweet related to the Christian holiday mm-hmm. that's approaching. And when is Ramadan? Uh, it's, it's also in December. Sometime. No, is it? No, no. Ramadan is uh summertime. Is yeah, it? Yeah, that's what I thought yeah. too. Mm. So it, it's not even relevant, right? Are now. you guys secret Muslims? Do I need to worry about you? Well, <laughs> I, I I did do four deployments to the Middle East. And oh right, a, a right. few of them took place during Ramadan. Mm. No, oh, I'm gonna summer. start calling you Don Ellis. <laughs> Ramadan Ellis. Ramadan Ellis. By the way, from teachers, even if you're an atheist, the greatest glories of Western, to go back to what Heather was saying, the greatest glories of Western music, art, architecture, painting were were in the cause of Christianity. You're cutting out Botticelli and all the rest of it. He sounds like a proud boy. He sounds like a Western chauvinist. Here we go. Ramadan is between May 5th and June 4th. Oh, okay. It's a long fucking holiday. Yeah, so that's why he's not criticizing Ramadan. Because it's not this exactly the opposite end of the calendar from right now. He sent out a tweet relating to Christmas because it's relevant. That's mm-hmm. that's why he didn't criticize Ramadan. The university know. wouldn't exist <laughs> without it. So right, but no, 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 no. Time, from Botticelli to, to Frosty. Exactly. That's a, that's a very frosty. short leap. Mm. <laughs> so <laughs> to Frosty. Oh, oh, you're so witty. Oh, oh, oh. Tucker Carlson, go fuck yourself. I don't, I really don't like that guy. He's just such a fucking dick. Yeah, I don't like yeah. him either. Uh, so we move from Tucker Carlson to more people on Fox. More people on Fox, you say? Who are also complaining about the war on Christmas. And actually, it was this video that we started watching that led us to look at a bunch of other things that we've just talked about. But I'm uh, gonna, I'm gonna just uh, play this here. Yeah, j- j- just remember. We looked up on the Candy Makers website. Illinois. And a, a religious thing talking Illinois. about the candies <laughs> in Illinois. <laughs> yeah. Just remember what this all started. This year mm-hmm. in the state of Illinois, in the Capitol building in Springfield, they now have added a satanic statue. Satanic? Say what? It's a satanic statue. So the, you'll notice that he doesn't describe the statue because it's television and they have pictures going but it's it's a cube with an yeah. arm wrapped with a snake around the arm holding like an apple it. and it says knowledge is the greatest gift yeah is it by itself yeah well no it's not well it's, 
Oh, what? Well, it, what it, do you it, mean? It's by alongside a Christmas tree, a menorah, and a, a depiction of uh, the virgin birth. Oh, okay. Yeah, but what do you mean? Is it by its? Well, I just wonder why would he say that there's a satanic statue here and not say that there's a Christian item there. I think he does yeah. bring up the other ones. Or okay. Well, well, but I mean, the premise of the story is that yeah. oh, now there's mm-hmm. a Satan thing yeah. there. Now there's a satanic thing there. But he's not. And I'm saying, what's the difference? Yeah, you know? yeah. There isn't. Yeah. <laughs> to its official holiday display between a Christmas tree and a menorah. The sculpture funded by the I think that satan- just hurts his point when he says that. I mean, they're at, now they've added a satanic statue the sculpture- be- to a, between a Christmas tree and a menorah. Yeah. Now, okay. That, that makes yeah. sense now. Religious mm-hmm. plurality. Funded by the Satanic Temple of Chicago depicts a hand holding an apple with a snake wrapped around it. Is political correct? Oh, he did. He did describe it, and and that's all it is. It's it's like I say, it's it's a cube with an arm sticking out of it, a snake wrapped around the arm holding an apple, and says, "Knowledge is the greatest gift." Other than that being sponsored by the Satanic Temple, what do they have to complain about? Uh, uh, to them, everything. I mean, I mean, are they arguing that knowledge is not the greatest gift? I, I suppose that they would, right? Because they have this Christian belief that no, the greatest gift was Jesus sacrificing Himself for everybody else. That was the greatest gift. Knowledge, he, knowledge isn't the greatest gift. Knowledge is secondary to Jesus's mm. sacrifice. Well, Jesus was mm. trying to suppress, or well, Jesus' daddy was trying to suppress knowledge, mm-hmm. or Jesus depends on what part of Christianity you come from, or or they're the same, yeah, one and the same. Yeah. Correctness taking over the Christmas season. Joining us right now to weigh in is the host of the Mike Slater Show. Mike Slater joins us from San Diego. My name is Mike Slater, and this guy is fucking twitchy. Like, you can tell he's really bothered or he's just a tweaker. He's really bothered by this story or he's a tweaker. If you watch the video, he just, he keeps twitching and, yeah. Maybe he's a bothered tweaker. Yeah, maybe he, maybe he has ants in his pants. I don't know. Ooh, don't do that. San Diego. Mike, what do you think about the fact that the satanic group has put this particular piece of art (sighs) next to a Christmas tree and a menorah? Yeah, you know, Steve, with this story in particular, I uh, I used to get really outraged by this, but right now I'm, I'm just, I feel sad. I feel oh. sad for them. Uh, they're so deceived. <laughs> they're so deceived. There's so much projection going on here, right? And, and so much irony that he's calling an atheistic group deceived. By what? Like he yeah. thinks he thinks that they're deceived well, by the enemy. Yeah, but he in this he's looking at this as satanic, right? So they're deceived by the devil. Yeah, true. And he yeah. also has nowhere else to go with this. So he goes with the uh, well, they're just sad. Yeah, the condescension. Yeah, uh, I think this is a sign of how prosperous we are here in America, uh, where these people don't think they need God, and they get their kicks out of mocking God. They get their kicks out of mocking this religion and mocking uh, 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 Christmas in general. Uh, But I'll tell you, it's not going to affect my walk with God. It's not going to affect what happens inside my house. It's not going to affect what I teach my kids and the Bible. Uh, So I just feel sad for these people. A a friend of mine. (laughs) I just feel sad for these people. When we watched this initially, I was like, oh, yeah, you know, if it doesn't affect you, then why the fuck are you talking about it? And then, uh, you know, during... Between segments, I said, says the atheist guy on the podcast. But but the difference here is that Christianity does affect us. It does affect us every fucking day. Yeah, I was going to say that. You know, it's it's not like, I mean, what? what, how does this, 
display harm anybody? How does this satanic, you know, how does this uh, monument from the satanic temple harm anybody? And what's he to say how someone celebrates a holiday? And after all, Satan is part of the Christian religion. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he is. Yeah. It's also very telling, too, that he he equates atheism with uh, a culture that is able to spend time thinking about things that's prosperous enough to have time to work these problems out in your mind. You know, that that, that the people who believe in God are desperate, clinging to any hope they can for some sort of respite from the awful life they live. Yeah, that they that's, need God. Yeah, the, the, that's where religions are really, mm-hmm. are really uh, in high number. Yeah, well, well it, it, I mean, that, it happens whenever LDS missionaries are out and about. If they stop mm-hmm. by your house, they're going to ask you, is there anybody in your neighborhood who's going through a hard time now who could use some help, who needs some support? That we can pray on. Yeah, that we that we can go over there and be spiritual fucking vampires on in their time of need. Just an interesting admission from him, though. Yeah. Well, he, I'm sure he doesn't even realize that he's made the admission. I know, yeah. Mine just got back two days ago, got back from a Middle Eastern country, and he had to go to underground churches where they had one Bible, and truly, if they got caught, they would be killed. Uh, So people over there aren't worshiping Satan openly, so it's it's a shame that Americans here are abusing the freedoms here when they- How is this abusing freedoms? And how do you abuse a freedom? It's, you're free to do that, right? right? It's, It's this- it's this They're, religious belief that yes, you are free to do things, but you shouldn't do them anyway. Like you're you're free to do all of these things. You have free will. You can do these, things, but don't fucking do it. Yeah. You have free will, but don't fucking exercise. They're, they're, they're not right, abusing right, right. freedom. They're exercising their freedom. Right. And if you don't exercise it, then do you actually have it? Right. Yeah. Like, I've I've tried to make that point before on the show that if you don't exercise the freedoms that you have, do you do you in fact have them? Or you know mm. what what is what is the purpose of you having them? Or or why do you need them? If you don't exercise them, then you don't necessarily even really have them, right? be worshiping God. Well, there in Illinois, the Secretary of State spokesman Dave Drucker uh, said this, under the Constitution, the First Amendment, people have a right to express their feelings, their thoughts. This recognizes that. So clearly this organization is trying to provoke something. And I saw your expression. Yeah. It worked on you. <laughs> yeah, they're trying to provoke a little bit of thought from the other fucking religious people out there who see their religious display as being superior. Yeah. Or, well, not even just superior, but I mean, being on display unashamedly, right? Yeah. yeah. That, but then other religions, well, you should be ashamed of that and that you should stow that away. It shouldn't be, it shouldn't have the same respect or deference that we're demanding for our religion, but we're not going to give to yours. But the problem is inst- instead of making them think, hey, I don't like that. Oh, other people might feel this way about my thing that's right. up rather than it doing that the thought that it's sparking is oh they're picking on us again <laughs> you know they're abusing their freedoms uh, this is bullshit you know they shouldn't ha- get to have that they they just want they just want to cr- spark a response in us you know mm-hmm. it's all that pouty uh <sighs> martyr syndrome stuff mm-hmm. that they're yeah all right. Uh, me- <laughs> meanwhile, let's talk a little bit about this. Out in Nebraska, I believe in the Omaha area, a uh, grade school principal has banned candy canes because, you know, uh, she says that J-shape 
Forget about the fact that it was uh, patterned after a shepherd's hook. The J stands for Jesus. It's not just, it, she didn't just make this up. We no. read the story from the fucking candy maker. Yep. And from a Christian website for sermons for children. This isn't something she just fucking made up out of thin air. So you can't do that there. Oh my gosh, Steve. So here's the deal. The atheist progressive left, they will never stop, right? So it was they'll never stop trying to be inclusive and supportive and being considerate and thoughtful of people who don't believe exactly as they do. Those fucking bastards. And we have no clue if this lady is conservative, liberal, democrat, republican, religious, atheist. We have no clue what her standing is, yeah. but no matter what, I think he's probably right though. I don't think so. She probably is a liberal atheist. I you don't think. I think she got taught this when she was through religion. But the J being. Well, people leave religion. They do. But if if she was still a Christian, why would she care? Well, because she's I, trying to be inclusive in may, the school. Yeah, maybe, and they don't want to have anything. She's one of the kinder, gentler, more compassionate Christians. Okay, then, then we, she's definitely not a conservative. Yeah. <laughs> True. So she's liberal. Well, I or mean, or she could just be concerned about her job and and wants to make, or you know concerned about her job or concerned about the school or the school district that she doesn't want to have parent you know those those uppity secular or atheist parents complaining about religious displays in their school and having to answer all of that so she's just trying to head it off at the pass and say these are the things we're going to do these are the things that we're not going to do I don't know we don't I mean enough. we don't know her motivations so. Yeah. It wasn't that long ago when they got rid of prayer in school. Never we got was. rid of the Ten Forced Commandments prayer. in, uh, in uh, uh, courtrooms. They still have uh, it. We got rid of all religious songs from school plays, and it's now not called Christmas anymore. Right? So it wasn't that long ago. But they'll never stop. We'll never stop trying to be more inclusive and compassionate and caring and open to other people, open to other religious beliefs and and. And understanding that not everybody believes the same thing everywhere all the time. Mm -hmm. I mean, the only thing I remember singing like jingle bells and shit in school, but that was about it. Like he's saying that we'll never stop. And he's, and he's right. I mean, we'll never stop trying to remove your religious privilege. Yeah. Right. You have every right to your religious belief. You don't have a right to a religious privilege. And if you think yeah. you do, then you can go fuck yourself. And it's also, it's also about the battle between the way that, conservative and liberal brains work right like that uh conservative like this guy might be is is pro is almost certainly more concerned with power and authority and the liberals more concerned with fairness mm -hmm. those are just the core values that that are different right now he's got a lot of power and authority and this teacher's trying to be more fair and it's chipping away at his his main goal which is power and authority you know, so he sees his very his fundamental values being infringed upon. That's how he's viewing this. Mm -hmm. And it is that's true. It is doing that because she sees that there's her fundamental values of fairness are not uh, working out in this school or whatever. So she's trying to accomplish that. And that's where this this big clash is happening. Mm -hmm. So he feels picked on. You know, he feels like he's losing some stuff, which he is. Uh, well, yeah, but, but rightly so, right? And like he's, he's rightly losing, so for if yeah. you value fairness above of power and authority, which yeah. I do. Yeah. But, yeah. 
That's the point. They're now at the point where they've gotten rid of all this other stuff. Well, and if and I'm sure that if the roles were reversed and he were in the minority, he would feel the same way we do. Right. That he wouldn't want, you know, oh, oh you, we've always only had these satanic or secular displays here. And now now, you know, they're we're, we're coming in with our religious thing and, and all of these secular people are getting so upset. But I, I I don't know that we would be even, you know, as long as it's representative of a plurality of, of yeah. belief, then. E- equal time on stage. Yeah. Yeah. Equality and fairness. Mm-hmm. Now they just have to make stuff up. I don't know of a single Christian who has ever thought of the candy cane as a. As a re- then you haven't <laughs> looked haven't. at the fucking candy manufacturer's well, that's, that's, that's a classic argument from ignorance, too. Yeah, I yeah. Mean. Well, I've never heard this, so clearly it has never happened. Yeah. Religious symbol. I'll tell you, my church, we do not replace the cross right. with a candy cane every Christmas Yeah, because season. that would I've be fucking that, stupid. But they'll never straw man. I'm amazed represent they the cross. still play the Charlie Brown Christmas on, on TV, right? It's just a matter of time before they remove everything from our uh, our daily life. Here's uh, the statement from the school district. The memo does not reflect the policy of Elkhorn Public Schools regarding holiday symbols in the school. And I think the teacher, uh, the principal, is in hot water. Uh, yeah, so good. it looks as if uh, they're dealing with it out in Nebraska. Mike Slater, always yeah. a pleasure. Sir, thank you very much. Have yeah, a nice thanks, weekend. Steve. And you all have a nice weekend. I just wonder how many more people are going to die in this war. (laughs) (laughs) Will it, will the insanity never stop? I just want it to stop. I personally don't know that I'd have a real problem with candy canes being in schools, however. No, I don't either. Like I said, well, we mentioned that you may have taken this a bit far, like. Mm. I don't give a fuck about uh, candy canes. I, and I guess and, it depends on how heavily that was stressed at her church. I mean, yeah. that's why, you know, I, like, yeah, it may have yeah. just, it may have in her mind, that may be like a religious symbol. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Could be. But, That'll wrap it up for us today yeah. and for the next couple of weeks. Like I said, I, I might release, I don't know, a, a previous episode or record a little something myself. I don't know. I, I doubt the latter. And the former as well. <laughs> but you never know. It could happen. Maybe. Uh, depends on how busy I am and how much time I have available and that kind of stuff. But I want to thank you all for listening. I want to thank you guys for joining me. I hope, oh, yeah. I hope you both have a happy Thanks holiday. I hope everybody in the listening audience has a happy holiday and a fabulous new year because we won't be speaking at you until after yeah. the new year. We'll be, we'll be in 2019. I got to change all the tags for stuff and the filing Fuck. arrangements of new shows after this one. So mental note for myself. <laughs> um, mm. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, so until next week, <laughs> do we want to, do we want to thank our Patreons first? Yes, I suppose we do. That I, so our listening audience probably doesn't know. But I fucking struggle every goddamn week with with our little ending. Like, I never fucking think about it until the very end of the show. And then there's this long fucking pause that I have to then edit and fix at the end of every fucking show we do because I haven't thought of the thing to say for Crucify whatever. But I... I, I usually think of one that I fuck it up right when I say it. I actually kind of thought of something this time. Because I was thinking about it here toward the end, thinking, oh, this time I'm going to remember. And then I just got fucking excited about it. Like, I actually thought of something. We should do that. I forgot to thank our (laughs) Patreon supporters. 
So, thank you very much, Mr. Alan Firth. New Mania. Christy Kalbach. Gaytheist. Larry Wilson. Stephen Andrews. Let them eat coffee. Two skeptical chaps. Michelle Short. Freethinker215. Uh, Vanessa. Captain Samples. Janet Uter. <laughs> Utah Outcasts. <laughs> Mary Scott Buchakowski. <laughs> Andrew Vodapitch. <laughs> Wesley Heron. Taylor Grin. Jeremy Goodson. Angelica Pearson. Oh, <laughs> Brandy Hamrick. The Foz. Megan Kennedy. Jesse Pointer. Purple Dragon. Uh, 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 <laughs> Jeff Peterson. <laughs> Savita Kuna. <laughs> Fuck! Thank you all very much. So I was fucking with Ryan <laughs> because we've got the list displayed on <laughs> displayed on the monitor, and then I was skipping names and going ahead to see if Ryan would pick it up, and he did. You did. You did very well. That was awesome. <laughs> good job. Uh, good. Good job. I live. And so until next week, candy cane Jesus. Oh, I was going <laughs> to say leave a review so you can lick Jesus's candy cane <laughs> and rate the show five times a day toward Christian Hitchens. <laughs>